0: It's a Monday after BYU enjoyed a bye week in football, but it was boring as all get out. We'll talk about that. We'll also talk about BYU basketball. Could this team be better than we all anticipated coming into the season despite a loss to San Diego State? Let's talk about it. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Always appreciate you guys checking out the show. We are proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And of course, we are your only daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Today's show is brought to you by our title sponsor over at Sling TV. Don't miss this week's matchup or any matchup between BYU and any of their opponents right on Sling. Sling, the TV you love for a price you'll love. Try it today. All right, let's get right into it today, and I hope you guys had a fantastic weekend first off, but... I cannot stand bye weeks in November. And that's one thing of the many things that I am excited for BYU joining the Big 12 Conference. I, for one, cannot wait for BYU to not have to have a bye week in the middle of November when everything else seemingly is on the table across the college football universe over the weekend. BYU is nowhere to be found. They're enjoying uh, some downtime, obviously much needed. They've played 10 straight weeks of football, but they needed that bye week. What? three, four weeks ago, and that's the thing that the Big 12 will afford BYU is no more of this having to play nine, ten weeks in a row and getting, your, getting yourselves absolutely ground down to the nubs figuratively, and in some cases quite literally, with regards to some of the injury concerns that BYU had this is a team that needed that bye week somewhere in the middle of no- in, in middle of October. Think about this. Had BYU potentially after they face off against both Arkansas and Notre Dame in the month of October, they get an off week after that. And even if they had, they lost both of those games. They still have a chance to reset and hopefully recalibrate a little bit and then get back after it against Liberty and East Carolina. How different might this season have looked had BYU had a bye week in the month of October? Instead, it comes in the middle of November. I hate it. Uh, I, I, I'm not going to mince words. I think it's absolutely worthless in many ways that BYU had the bye week when they had it. In many ways, I think BYU would have rather been playing this weekend, played straight through 12 straight weeks of football. If you're not going to give them the bye week at an advantageous time, give them the bye week at the tail end of the regular season. That's I know that sounds completely weird, but at the point that BYU finally had the bye 10 weeks in, I, I think if you were to ask some of these players, they would have rather just played this this past weekend. And... Frankly, as a BYU fan, weren't you bored off your rocker, not able to watch your team? I know you are able to tune into some other games and watch some of the other storylines in college football nationally, but you'd rather have your team playing. So, uh, and the other thing about this is, this week against Utah Tech, nothing against the Trailblazers, nothing against former Dixie State. Uh, They have a good program. They're on a little bit of a roll here. I think they've won three straight games, speaking of Utah Tech coming in here. But this is a game that's supposed to be played first month of the season first week of the season that's what BYU is going to be doing moving into next year I know Sam Houston State will actually be the opener they're a former FCS team or actually will be a former FCS team after the season they'll be making the jump up to the FBS ranks but it just feels like in some ways BYU falls off the radar in the month of November and they have done that many many seasons throughout this independent era think about it in November is BYU been much of a storyline outside of 2020 and 2021 if you go back through the history not really and they've played Played kind of the the dregs of their schedule, sadly during that month. Think back to the early days of independence. BYU's playing the likes of Idaho. I remember that snowy night down there. (laughs) Excuse me, at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, an eight fifteen start. there, uh, There was a fan building a snow fort up in one of the corners of the end zone. The the month in November has been an absolute waste. Many seasons for BYU just simply due to the fact that the caliber of the opponent. Having bye weeks in the middle of a season when the races races and all the other conferences, <laughs> excuse me, are coming down to the to the to the finish. And BYU they're just kind of off in la la land. Many in many ways, just not a not a factor. They're not necessarily making headlines. I know that they made some headlines during, like I said, the twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one seasons. But this year. What is this bye week, and then this game against Utah Tech going to do? Anything? What's going to do for BYU? The storyline about BYU. Not much. And if any of you tuned in and watched Stanford play Utah on Saturday night, you saw one of the most impotent offenses I've ever seen. And Stanford's not good. So BYU should finish the month of November. They should bounce back from a four straight losses in the month of October. They should win three here in the month of November. They should be 7-5 and five going into bowl season. But in many ways, does it feel like a wasted month? I know we're not even through it yet. You obviously have to go out there and prove that. You have to go win these two games against Utah Tech and Stanford. But I just feel like in so many ways, this is just a wasted three to four weeks for BYU. And that's the thing about this next year this time next year, no matter how the season is going for BYU, they could be at the exact same position. They could be 5-5, five and 4-5, five, and five, who knows what they could be at this time next year. But the storylines, the overall tenor of the season changes because BYU will still be in the mix of a conference race. The Big 12, BYU will be a factor. Who are they playing down the stretch? Could they play spoiler for a, for a, a program out there? Could they go out there and have themselves a fantastic finish and find themselves playing in a a bigger bowl game than they've played it in well over a decade that's the difference this year versus next year for BYU is is that in the month of November it's no longer that that waste of time it's no longer just playing out the string for BYU there's no more bye weeks in the middle of conference races all over the country BYU finally will be part of a conference race again we deluded ourselves in many ways uh, yours truly included the independence was working and in many ways, it was. But the one thing that was missing is that when BYU lost one two, three games in a season at that point, what are they doing? Simply playing for pride's sake and playing for a for a bowl game. they 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 knew that they were out of it. That's the thing about this. If you're going to play in Independence, you have to have special seasons. you got to have 10-1, 11-1 type seasons to keep yourselves in the national consciousness. Not so much when it comes to a conference race, because even if you are a 500 team in the Big 12 next year, and that's what BYU very easily and probably what I'm expecting BYU to be this time next year, the simple fact of the matter is you are going to be part of a conference race, and you can play a factor in how the conference plays out. That's the difference, and that's the one thing I... Of, of many, many things I'm looking forward to about the Big 12, that's one of the chief ones among it, is that the month of November finally is going to matter once again for BYU and I, for one, I cannot wait for that day. Alright, coming up here in just a minute, let's talk a little bit about BYU basketball. I thought they played really, really well despite the loss to San Diego State. We'll talk about that here in just a moment. First of all, a word on our friends over at Upside. Many of us out there are filling in the, in the wallet, my friends. Inflation has us all thinking about different ways to cut back, whether it's driving less, dining out less or buying less from the grocery store, we can all agree that there's nothing fun about less. That's why I started using Upside, and I want you guys to give it a shot as well. Upside is an incredible app any for anybody who buys gas, groceries, or dines out with the Upside app. I don't have to cut back because I get cash back on every purchase that I make. That's the best part about it, my friends. You can go and... Splurge a little bit because you know you're saving some money on the <laughs> excuse me on the back end from our friends at Upside. So to check it out, my friends. Get it started. All you gotta do is download the free Upside app. Use the promo code Locked. That's L-O-C-K-E-D and get five dollars or more cash back on your first purchase of ten dollars or more. Next, claim an offer from wherever you're buying on Upside. Check in at the business that you're using. Pay as usual with a credit and debit card, and you get paid. In comparison to credit card rewards or loyalty programs, you earn up to three times more cash back with Upside. Upside users. Upside website users are earning more than a million dollars every single week. That's probably why they have a 4.8 star rating on the App Store. So once again, download the free Upside app now and use the promo code LOCKED, that's L-O-C-K-E-D, and get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using the promo code LOCKED with our friends over at Upside. Today's show is also brought to you in part by our friends over at Utah Community Credit Union. They are offering a 15-month savings certificate right now with an incredibly high APY of 49 The best part is during the life of that savings certificate the 15 month you can still bump up to an even higher rate of return anytime during the life of your certificate if inflation and the rates continue to rise. That's the best part about it. We've all seen inflation absolutely kicking us in the shorts but that's the good news about the savings certificate. You can get started and help your money save save yourself make yourself some money by saving some of it with UCCU. The best part about it is is it's a similar to a savings account. Both are great ways to earn a high rate of return. But the savings certificate is significantly higher than your standard savings account. The best part is you make that one deposit, then let your money grow and grow and grow with that fixed rate of return that's much higher than the standard savings account. It's a lot higher in terms of that 4.00 APY. The best part is you can get started for as low as $500, making this an awesome opportunity for every type of saver, both big or small. All you got to do to get started is you can do it online over the phone or just stop by any UCCU branch. They're all over the place, my friends, in Utah County, even in South Salt Lake County. But remember... This offer is only for a limited time, so get started on it today. All you got to do is go to UCCU.com to learn more and get started on that savings certificate today. Once again, that's UCCU.com. Call them or stop into any branch and get started with that savings certificate today. That's UCCU. Love where you bank. All right, my friends, let's talk a little BYU basketball, but a quick reminder, if you want to catch up on all the news you guys need to know about every single day, make sure you check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. From the games that matter to the most biggest stories in sports, most biggest stories, to the, the, the matters the most to the biggest stories in sports, Before you I get my alliteration and my diction, right? Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with the local experts and insights only the Locked On Podcast Network can provide. That's Locked On Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. BYU men's basketball falls 82-75 to San Diego State Friday night. But the thing about this is I actually came away very impressed with BYU's fight in this game. I know it was a loss. Trust me. They're 1-1 and on the season. They came off a very unimpressive win against Idaho State on Monday night in their season opener and frankly that performance against the Bengals had me absolutely terrified The BYU was going to San Diego was going to get absolutely blown off the floor at Viejas Arena but BYU, they took it right to San Diego State most of the night. Spencer Johnson had a career high 17 points in the loss for BYU and BYU held a 40-36 to 36 lead at halftime. They extended the lead with a 12-6 run with two, two three-pointers from Gideon George and some points in the paint from Foos Traore and then BYU gets it to a 10 point lead, uh, 52-42, with about 16 minutes to go in the game, if I recall correctly. Then at that point, San Diego State started to go to work, and you thought BYU, okay, if they can continue to kind of match each one of these uh, forays or these runs that San Diego is trying to make at you. BYU, they just kept fending off, just punch. After punch, after punch from San Diego State. But eventually, they got worn down. Uh, BYU ended up... uh, When did they lose the lead? Let me double check here. Ended up... Oh man, I'm, I'm trying to find out. I've, I had my notes written here. Uh, BYU ended up, uh, anyways, regardless, it was a 21-8 to 8 run. Uh, 28 to 21-8 run for San Diego State. Uh, they got the lead uh, with a dagger three-pointer from Darian Trammell as part of that run. And then BYU closed the game with nearly two minutes without a field goal before the buzzer, losing by seven. And in that game, uh, the one thing about this is San Diego, they just kept coming in wave after wave at BYU. And like I said, BYU battled most of the night, but it was the final, yeah, about three to four minutes of this game where it just got away from the Cougars. Now, the thing about this is this is a BYU team that has now a combined 43 turnovers in 40 minutes of action. Uh, An average of one plus turnover every single minute of game action they've had this season, you got to cut that in half. BYU, the fact that they're one and one with 43 turnovers, 23 of them against Idaho State, and then 20 of them against San Diego State, if you cut those turnovers in half, I'd frankly Think that BYU would have run away with both of these games in terms of victories. Uh, the, those turnovers are really what kind of turned the, the game on its head for BYU against San Diego State. They had really done a decent job at controlling the action despite their turnovers early on in the game, but as they continued to mount, you saw it against uh, Idaho State. they come down the court and you're thinking, okay, they're, they just got to break through here. They got to get, just get some points and get the lead. If they get the lead, they're going to win this game. And it finally happened with what? 12 seconds to go that Spencer Johnson hits that. A big three and BYU escapes with the win over uh, Idaho State, but it was not meant to be against San Diego State San Diego State has got just so many talented players, I'm I'm talking I'm not going to be surprised if three or four of these guys from San Diego State end up playing in the NBA they've they've got Nathan Mensa, who was the defensive player of the year in the Mountain West Conference last year, Uh, Darian Trammell, who was a high level transfer from Seattle, averaged nearly 18 points a year ago for Seattle in the WAC Uh, the thing about it is BYU you fought tooth and nail down the stretch, but finally, the turnovers and the lack of offense down the stretch doomed them in this game. So I... I don't want to say that you you, can, you don't take moral victories because that doesn't exist in high level college basketball. It's just it's 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 kind of stupid to say that they they got a moral victory here. But the thing about it is this BYU team they're far from a finished product right now. It just seems like in many ways they're still figuring out how to play together, and that's the that's the exciting part about this BYU team is once they quote unquote put it all together, how good could this squad be and that's the exciting part if you're a BYU fan is this is a team that is far from a finished product and I know that you would have liked to have had a win over San Diego State in your back pocket to have a win over a top 20 program the first week of the season that's a huge win to have on your NCAA tournament resume as it stands a 7 point loss to San Diego State and we'll ultimately see as the season progresses if that 7 point loss looks bad or good for BYU in the end but the the, the fact is the BYU I think they can build off of that performance against San Diego State. Like I said, I, I was terrified coming off of Idaho State. I'm like, okay, if they're going to play like this, they're going to get absolutely obliterated by San Diego State. But BYU came in, they were shooting it well. They ended up uh, five, of 40, 5 of 11 from 45% from beyond the arc in the, first half, of the per- uh, first half of the game. Now they host Missouri State on Wednesday night. And then Nickel State comes in on Saturday for BYU. So two big home games this week for BYU. And I would encourage you guys, if you have the opportunity to do so get out and watch BYU play. Both of the games are going to be broadcast live on BYU TV if you happen to live outside the state and can't make it to the Marriott Center. But this is a team that I think this is an opportunity. If they can get to 3-1 and one after this week, that's a pretty solid start, all things considered, for BYU. Is it, is it the best performance that BYU is? It, is it, are, they the, are they the best opponents that BYU has played? No, they haven't. And that's the thing about it. Is this is not a BYU team that you look at and say, okay, if they make it to 3-1, and one, you're not going to say, wow, this team's headed for the NCAA tournament. But if they're 3-1, despite not necessarily being that quote-unquote finished product that BYU would like to be, I think this is a team that can build on this. They ended up shooting 45.9% from the field in the game against San Diego State, 34.6% overall from three. Those percentages, I think that they can, if they can hold that 45% overall from the field, but raise that three-point percentage, they were awful against Idaho State. They raised it against San Diego State, but not by much. If you can get that number to around 40%, this is a team, I think, BYU that can shoot with anybody in their, on the rest of the way on their schedule. I know that they have Gonzaga out there, and by the way, Gonzaga looks about as scary as anybody. I don't know how many of you watch them play Michigan State. Uh, they're just They're they're a machine. So Michigan uh, Michigan State learned very, very uh, quickly that Drew Timmy is maybe the best single college basketball player in the country. Do I think that Drew Timmy is a future star at the NBA level? Absolutely not. Actually, I think his game is in many ways outdated for the NBA level right now, but He is so effective at what he does for Gonzaga. But really, if BYU can shoot the ball at a high clip and they can start to cut back on the turnovers, they play good defense. Honestly, I think BYU's defensive, their defense is ahead of their offense right now when it comes to this basketball team. If they continue to defend at a high level, just continue to absolutely battle in each game that they're in, this is a team that I think can go quite a ways uh, this season. Like I said, it's it's far from a finished product, and that should be, I guess, the... The positivity that I'm trying to impart on you with BYU, with regards to BYU basketball is that they are not anywhere near what they can become, and if they get to what they can become, maybe they, maybe just maybe. They're an NCAA tournament team at the end of the season, but there's still so long to go. We're one week into the season. It's going to go until the end of February. We're still in mid-November. Think about how long that season is going to be. But if BYU, they build on some of these traits they've developed early on this season and they continue to kind of come together and coalesce and become that cohesive unit... I'm excited for this basketball team. I think they can make some noise, and that should be the exciting part if you're a BYU fan. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we'll continue on by recapping the weekend for other BYU sports. Women's soccer gets a huge win in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Where do they go next? We'll talk about that. We'll also date John how women's basketball is doing, as well as women's volleyball. They're finished off their season with a flourish here. We'll get to all of that in just a moment. First, though a word on our friends over at Nissan. This week's thrilling moment in college football is brought to you by Nissan. The thrilling design. Behind the new lineup from Nissan are intended to empower drivers and vehicles, such as, uh, excuse me, as capable as a driver themselves. When I think of unbelievable abilities on the field for this week's thrilling moment, it has to be, and because BYU didn't play this week, I'm going back in BYU football history. I had a chance last night to watch uh, the San Francisco 49ers and the Los Angeles Chargers play two of the greatest BYU linebackers in program history were lined up opposite one another, Kyle Van Noy and Fred Warner. Both of them, in my mind, have iconic moments in their careers. And I think the Kyle Van Noy, first one that comes to mind, well, the two of them that come to mind, one was that Holiday Bowl against San Diego State. It wasn't the Holiday Bowl. It was the San Diego Community Credit Union Poinsettia Bowl where a single handed handedly won that game for BYU. I ended up getting that strip sack, falling on it for a touchdown, and then I also go back to the Ole Miss game that he single-handedly won, uh, kind of foreshadowing what he would become for BYU football throughout his career. Now, when it comes to Fred Warner, I will always think of that interception return against Boise State down at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. What a marvelous play it was. Fred has become just an all-world linebacker, and Kyle Van noy has got two Super Bowl rings. Both of them have accomplished so much in the NFL, but they started their careers in many ways at BYU and that's what I wanted to talk about with regards to BYU not playing this weekend so the thrilling moments going back through the history books talking about two of the greatest linebackers in BYU football history this segment has been inspired by the thrilling new designs featured across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles pursue what thrills you in the all-new Frontier Armada or Pathfinder today it's available now at NissanUSA.com Thank you once again for making Locked on Cougars your first listen of the day. Always appreciate you guys checking out the show. All right, before we go here on today's podcast, uh, throughout the week, by the way, coming up this week, we're going to talk more about senior night. Like I said, the, the storylines with regards to Utah Tech, there's not a ton. I know that Utah Tech has a pretty potent offense, but they should not be uh, the same caliber of the opponents that BYU's faced so far this year. So BYU should make it to bowl eligibility this Saturday. So this week on the podcast, we'll probably feature some of the storylines with regards to the roster turnover and the senior class that is going to celebrate their careers in BYU uniform this Saturday out there at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. It'll kind will of, kind of be the storyline throughout this upcoming week. But other things we need to recap from the weekend that was. First off, BYU Women's Soccer opened the NCAA tournament with a 3-0 shutout of UCCU. BYU outshot UVU 21-11 to getting that 3 nothing goal advantage in the win. BYU will now be headed to North Carolina a place that they lost to start this season if you recall. They played against the Tar Heels in their official exhibition match to kick off the season. Well, they're headed back to Chapel Hill where they will face off against Stanford. It's going to be an interesting game uh, because Stanford has been a very, very potent opponent. BYU's got a losing record all time against the Cardinal, but both teams having to travel across the country to play in Chapel Hill. I think BYU's experience having already played there this season should hopefully give them a leg up. And if BYU's scoring prowess like they showed against UVU at Southfield on Friday night, carries over on that trip, BYU can find themselves onto the Sweet 16 and we're hoping that BYU women's soccer can pull that off. Women's basketball is off to a tough start this season. They lost their second straight game, losing 69-60 to defending Big Sky champion Montana State at the Marriott Center on Saturday afternoon. Uh, BYU actually outshot the Bobcats 44-38% overall from the field, but they could not match Montana State's 50% mark from beyond the arc. Also, BYU women's basketball, similar to the men's team, turnovers, huge storyline 17 of them in the loss against Montana State. Obviously, BYU off to a, a tough loss. It was a 30-game home win streak that BYU saw snapped in that loss. They had not lost since losing to Portland on January 4th of 2020. BYU's going to be back in action. They're welcoming a future Big 12 opponent, Oklahoma, to the Marriott Center. That'll be on uh, Tuesday. Excuse me. Yeah, I thought it was Wednesday, but it was actually Tuesday. Uh, the 15th-ranked 15th Sooners and the Cougars will tip off at 3 o'clock Mountain Time. That game will be streamed live on BYUtv.org if you want to tune in Tuesday afternoon. Women's volleyball finished off their fifth consecutive win with a sweep of St. Mary's at the Smith Fieldhouse Saturday afternoon. BYU is now 19-5 on the season, 13-2 in the West Coast Conference. They head to California. It was their final home match of the season. Their final WCC road trip of the season will begin this coming week with Pepperdine and Loyola Marymount on back-to-back matches down there in Southern California. Both of those matches will be streamed on the WCC network, women's volleyball number 18 in the country looking to finish off their season in positive fashion and obviously a win like the got over St. Mary's on Saturday is a good way to go about it with five straight victories under the belt the final note for you guys on today's show is the BYU men's and women's cross country programs are one step closer to competing at the NCAA national championships the men's team finished number two at the Mountain Region Championships Uh, BYU ranked number two in the country living up to their billing getting the win despite having three of their top runners sit out BYU gets an automatic bid into the the NCAA tournament, so they are headed already uh, to that national championship. Whereas the women's team, ranked number six in the country, actually finished a disappointing sixth place at the Mountain Region Championships. They're going to have to rely on being one of the thirteen at-large bids that will be announced. I believe it's uh, actually it's coming up. Uh, actually, no, am I looking at this wrong? Maybe they did already get it, but regardless, they're uh, they're banking on getting that at-large bid into the NCAA championships. Both teams should be in. And the men's team... They got a really really tough draw uh, upcoming because Stanford's highly ranked. Their arch nemesis, Northern Arizona, is right there in the mix. They're gonna have to really show some things. But the good news is they got that number two finish. With, like I said, despite having three of their top runners sit out, and there was a story written in the Deseret News. Uh, Ed Iystone said that his strategy of holding those guys out, the top three runners, is actually something they used when they won the national championship in, in 2019. So he's actually doing it all over again with the hope it has the same result. BYU getting some better performances in the national championship once they get there. We'll see if it all shakes out, but best of luck to the men's and women's cross-country teams on their way to the NCAA championships. Always good to see them competing at a national level as they typically do every single year. All right, That is going to do it for this Monday edition of the show. Thank you so much for tuning in. Like I said, what a boring weekend without BYU football in our lives, but the good news is it's the final November. We'll have to deal with that, at least for the foreseeable future. and That's the positive if you're a BYU fan. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we're recap whatever we learned from BYU's uh, weekly press conference. Kalani Sitake going to address the uh, media. We'll have more for you guys on the Tuesday edition of the show. A huge thank you once again for making us your first listen of the day. Want to encourage you now to make your second listen our friends over the Locked On Big 12 podcast. They do an incredible job making sure you guys are up to speed on everything going on in BYU sports. uh, Not BYU sports. Big 12 sports out there. Excuse me. Big 12 football, basketball, everything else. They got you covered with the Locked On Big 12 podcast. Get it free and available wherever you get your podcasts just like this one that'll do it for myself have a great rest of your day whenever you watch and or hear this and i hope you guys are all doing fantastic out there this has been the locked on cougars podcast see ya